I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor with Next Move Group. Before we begin today's podcast, if you've been enjoying our podcast series, please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. That'll sure help us out. We'd appreciate it a whole lot. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group. We are Jobs Podcast. This is Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group. Today we've got Andrew Nave with us. He's the Executive Vice President of Economic Development of the Greater Wichita Partnership. Andrew, welcome to our show. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, so I'm looking forward. Andrew and I have known each other for years and years. What do you think we know each other? 15 years now? It's been a long time. It probably goes back that far. I don't know if he would remember when we first met. Robert Pittman's what did they call it? Janus. Oh, the Janus Institute. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so that's, that's what you were up in what? Overland Park, Kansas, in the Kansas City area? Yeah. Good memory. Yeah. Absolutely. I was in the Kansas City area for a while and we connect. Gosh, that doesn't seem like that far back, Chad, but it must have been 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. So, Andrew and I have been friends now for probably 15 years. And then he has ended up as the executive vice president in Wichita. And as Andrew knows, our first site selection client we ever had was from Wichita. So way back when we first started our business, like 2015, I got to go into Wichita, Andrew, and really fell in love with it. And uh, I'm going to let you tell the story because you'll tell it better than me. But all kind of aerospace, all kind of manufacturing air, and just a tremendous, tremendous community. So uh, tell these folks a little bit about Wichita and the successes y'all are having. Well, no, happy to. Thank you for the time. And I won't take it personally that you moved that selection business off to other markets and evaluate other cities after the Eric Wichita experience. But obviously, no, we're very pleased and happy about our community. Um, Wichita, for the listeners that may not be as familiar, is the largest city in Kansas. We're a population of about 390,000 as a city. But our region, which my organization represents, a regional economic development group, represents a 10-county area of about 800,000 people. So largest city in Kansas, kind of most geocentric city in the U.S. So we've got kind of a lot of those geographic advantages going for us, but great dynamic communities, pretty diversified industries, got a a core strength with aerospace for sure, but a vibrant downtown, like many cities in America, downtown has come roaring back. So yeah, just a really great community with a lot of advantages. Talk about the history of the aerospace there. I guess I always knew Wichita had some aerospace, but until I started visiting as regularly as I did, I really didn't know they had that much. So 
Talk about the history of all of that. Yeah, happy to. Yeah, coming up on five years in the community, having been most of my career in Kansas and Missouri. And so I've learned the history a little bit. I'm not the expert by any stretch, but our aerospace aviation legacy actually started from the oil and gas industries. Going way back into the early days of flight, more than 100 years, uh, Clyde Cessna, as many of your listeners would know the Cessna name, and then Walter Beach of Beechcraft were two of the early aviation pioneers that the oil and gas funders and money in this part of the state help support and kind of fund those entrepreneurial early days. And so those businesses grew and morphed and changed. Boeing was an early entrant in the early part of the 20th century into Wichita and scaled up. Of course, there was defense programs throughout, but their main product that they ended up pivoting was the 737. I always say this to friends and colleagues, almost every 737 fuselage that you've ever flown on was made here in Wichita. They produced over 50,000 of them going back to the Boeing days. But a little over a decade ago, Boeing shifted some of their assets around and divested of the Wichita facility. And that immediately became a Fortune 500 company, Spirit Aerosystems, that many of your listeners would know and hear that name. So very strong aerospace legacy and heritage, real strong and commercial with Spirit, and then still even some Boeing facilities here. But then also in general aviation. So that's where Cessna and Beechcraft merged to become kind of Hawker Beechcraft and then ultimately got acquired by Textron Corporation a number of years ago. And so a part of Textron Aviation. So both on the commercial side of aviation, what we call the general aviation or the business jet side, there's a strong presence here. But we've got about 40,000 people that work in directly in aerospace. We've been noted as one of the five or six kind of lead and key aerospace markets in North America. So very, very proud of our aerospace heritage. Yeah. And so last time I was there, so I haven't been to Wichita since COVID, but the downtown, you had mentioned how it was really flourishing and you built that new arena down there where they had the NCAA tournament, but there were a lot of technology jobs that seemed like coming downtown and some really cool restaurants in that downtown area. So like I said, I hadn't been since COVID, so I'm not sure how it's done, but talk about, you know, what's going on on the technology side of things. Sure. Yeah. I know our community is diversified like so many great cities and regions across the country from a technology standpoint, we continue to thrive. We've got both in downtown and then around our university. We're very proud of Wichita State University, our shockers, where NetApp is a major IT kind of data server hardware provider, has one of their largest presences outside of California, has a presence on our WSU campus. But downtown is continuing to thrive. And certainly COVID has taken a little wind out of the sails of everyone but our downtown has come roaring back. We've seen about a billion dollars of investment going back several years, going back a decade, even pre-COVID, about a thousand new apartment units. Um, proud of our basketball arena, even prouder still. So we need to get you back in Wichita, Chad, because we've just opened up our new AA baseball stadium, our Riverfront Baseball Stadium. So we're one of, I think it was three new minor league parks that were to open last year in COVID. And with the minor league season being truncated due to the pandemic, this was actually our stadium kind of sat there for a year. And now this is our first season. We're two weeks into the season and been hosting games and hosting folks in our new double A minor league stadium. And we're a double A affiliate for the Minnesota twins. So it's the Wichita wind surge and it's been phenomenal. We've had great weather and great attendance out at the park and just couldn't be more pleased about our nightlife and entertainment options in downtown. But we have a new medical school that's opening up in downtown like you said, technology jobs that are thriving. So it's just a really neat time to be in Wichita. 
Yeah, and you know, I have always had a good time in Wichita. I mean, some great meals, and I was actually there when the eclipse. Remember when the eclipse went over? I was in Wichita. Okay, <laughs> I always remember yeah. staring up at the sun in Wichita. That's even where I first learned the pickleball game. You've seen that game? I, yeah. I didn't know what it was, and then somebody took me to this place in Wichita, and I'm telling you, I could live there. I love Wichita. Chicken and pickles are probably where you played that. That's where it was. It was called a chicken and a pickle. And somebody said, let's go to chicken and pickle. And I thought, I didn't know what in the world I was going to. So off I went. And when I got there, it was the pickleball. <laughs> yeah. So it's an outdoor, kind of one of these lifestyle eateries now with multiple bars, I think 18 pickleball courts and restaurant. And just, I think it started out of the Kansas City area and is one of the faster growing franchise concepts across the country. So yeah, we're real pleased to have one of the first chicken and pickles. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners. Be right back right after this. I want to thank LocationOne.com. Some of you know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best buildings and sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky, and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my buildings and sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites database. Well, Paducah bordered Illinois and was within 30 or so miles of Missouri, Indiana, and Tennessee. So what? sense did it make for me to not put my bills and sites on a nationwide database well lois does that for you looking back i should have put my bills and sites on lois it's also easy to use for an economic developer it's just like using facebook it walks you through how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth and the thing i like most it works well on my ipad if i'm in an industrial building i want to be able to look at that thing on my ipad lois does that for me other buildings and sites databases struggle with that so if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare go over to lois location1.com book yourself a demo and see if this can help your community have more success well why don't you take us back to kind of how you first stumbled into economic development were you one of these kids that grew up and heard about it and wanted to be one a lot of people just kind of fall into it so what's your story i was definitely one of the few i think this is my 17th or 18th year in economic development I've only done this job. I've never done anything else. So my dad knew the president of the Chamber of Commerce through Rotary and just had a connection there that his son was interested in business. But also I come from a family of public servants. So my dad worked in federal government. My mom was a teacher, a sister that's a nurse, another sister that's a police officer. So kind of public service was kind of in our blood. So I wanted to do something there, but then I also wanted to do something in business. And so lo and behold, he connected me to one of my mentors still, Rob O'Brien with the Joplin Chamber of Commerce gave me an internship right before the summer, before the 2011.com turnover. And so part of my job in that internship was to get their database and their systems ready for the 2000 conversion, if you remember those days. That was also the time, I know you're a big fan as I am, of Location One. And so that was one of the earlier years and one of the, I don't know, there was the beta version, but 1.0 or 2.0 versions of Location One that I was, I helped Joplin Chamber kind of implement. But yeah, from there, I just fell in love with the industry and to get to do a little bit of everything each and every day is a different day. And you get to help your community. You really have that kind of that public service kind of emphasis while uh, working in the economy directly. From there, I took a job in South Central Missouri, kind of in the Ozark Mountains and really kind of cut my teeth in economic development, kind of had to teach myself a lot about the job in the industry. And then 
moving up to the Kansas City area and was in a couple different suburban communities of Kansas City for about a decade. And then I uh, had a good opportunity to come down here to Wichita about five years ago. You mentioned Rob O'Brien. Isn't he a great guy? I saw him last week in Joplin. We're doing a project for the Mocan Regional Partnership, which is a seven or eight county region that yeah. kind of covers counties in Oklahoma, Kansas, and uh, Missouri. So we had a meeting at the Joplin Chamber meeting with everybody, and Rob O'Brien was there. And uh, I hadn't seen him in a while, so we sat and chatted for probably 30 minutes to an hour. So what a great mentor he must have been. I'm extremely fortunate. I got a great start with him and so many others. I've had so many other good mentors throughout my career. But yeah, I was very, very fortunate. In fact, I ran into him not that long ago as well. So it was good to see him. And what a cool story. I grew up partly in Kansas City, but then uh, finished high school in Joplin. And to see that community come back. In fact, the 10-year anniversary was just a couple of weeks back of the tornado that I know you remember that devastated that community. So having been there recently to see that community come back and really, I think, speaks well to our profession and the work that Rob did. And I know he wouldn't want it acclaimed just for him because he had a big team. And I know their superintendent and their mayor and their city manager, there was a huge community team that came alongside them, but really a testament to what an economic development entity can do to help a community move forward with all the federal funding that Rob and others were able to marshal there for Joplin. I was there recently and just what an amazing rebirth that, that community has seen over the last decade. Boy, you are right. I know the subject of this show isn't Joplin, but Rob will probably listen. He'll be happy we're talking about it. I told him last week when I was there, I said, A, it shows a lot bigger than it is. I mean, there are some big name industries there. And B, there's a whole lot of new development because obviously, you know, the tornado did damage, but there's new development even outside of where the tornado went. And I mean, new universities, new schools and new yeah. hospitals and just real good looking in that whole region. So they're upgrading the interstate that goes from the Bentonville, Arkansas area up towards Joplin. It pinches down the two lanes down there, and they're upgrading now to full interstate access, which is going to open them up for a lot more. So that's kind of the study we're doing. But when I got there, okay. I told them I just felt it showed a lot bigger than it was. I hadn't heard all that, but no, I'm very proud of my hometown and kind of where they've come from. But happy to give Rob a good shout out for sure. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners. Be right back right after this. Our executive search spotlight this week is on the CEO search we're doing for the Greater Oshkosh, Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. So I know y'all have heard of Oshkosh. It's located between Milwaukee and Green Bay on the western shore of Lake Winnebago. They have won all kind of awards in Oshkosh. Number five best college town, number four most livable small city, number two best places for millennials move, number three top cities to find a job, and there's even more, but I just don't have time to go through them all. This is a tremendous organization, the Greater Oshkosh Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, with a staff of six, so five staff members plus the CEO. When it comes to existing employers, Oshkosh Corporation is there. You all have heard of that, Amcor, and a number of aviation opportunities. Of course, Oshkosh is the Experimental Aircraft Association's world headquarters, and many of you have heard of their annual Experimental Aircraft Association convention that's held in Oshkosh. This job's going to pay up to $125,000. If you're interested, go to the nextmovegroup.com backslash Oshkosh. You need to apply before June 18th. The next move group.com backslash Oshkosh. Feel free to call us if you got any questions. (music) 
So tell us really what motivates you now. So you kind of told us how you got in it and what your thinking was, but now 17 years later in the business, you know, on those cold winter mornings, and it can be cold in Wichita when that wind's blowing, on those cold winter mornings, you know, what gets you up raring to go to the office to face another day? I just enjoy, I mean, like so many of your previous podcast participants and listeners, I mean, I just enjoy this profession. This is a great job that, again, you get to give back to your community with the work that you do every day. And so I kind of pinch myself every morning that I get to do this for a living and they actually pay me to do it. But this last year and a half has been really acute for us. And it's been real easy to get motivated to do the job because not only did Wichita suffer from the effects of the pandemic, like so much of the country, but right before the pandemic, we had a real serious impact on our economy with the suspension of service of the 737 MAX. And so that happened in the end of 2019 and really stopped production early January of 2020. And so we pulled together a group of nonprofit organizations and community groups, public sector, private sector in January of 2020 to help our community respond to what we knew was going to be a significant effect of suspension of service of the 737 MAX. And we ended up having 20 plus thousand layoffs or furloughs as a result of the MAX. And then when you add on to that three short months later, I have the impacts of COVID. So last summer, our region maxed out at about 59,000 furloughs and layoffs. And again, my city is 390,000 people and 500,000 people in the county. So more than 10% of my citizens were laid off or furloughed, not getting a paycheck. So it made the motivation over the last year pretty easy. We were already hustling and working hard, but we really had to redouble our efforts to get these folks good jobs. Now, thankfully, year later, most of those jobs have come back. In fact, nearly all of those jobs have come back. We're not all the way back. And we have a desire for growing our workforce and growing industry like so many other communities. But it was real easy to kind of be motivated that we knew friends and neighbors and people we went to church with that were affected by both the MAX and COVID. So it makes it real rewarding when you know that you can have a small role in helping a family maybe partially recover and come through that. Absolutely. Well, what have you learned all these years later that you kind of wish you had known on day one? Stuff that you just wouldn't have known without the experience that other young people listening can learn from. Oh, gosh, I have still so much more to learn, Chad. So I don't know that I got great pearls of wisdom. You know, one of the things that I learned early on in my career, and, and it kind of teach you this, whether it's SEDC or IEDC, all the great coursework that's out there, is that this is a generalist profession. You know, you got to kind of jack of all trades, master of none is kind of the nomenclature that we all use. But what I've found in my career to be most effective is to try to be, to some degree, an expert. And maybe that's an industry. Maybe that's a segment of the economy. One of the first things I did in Kansas City, because I was given some really good advice by Tim Cowden of the KCADC, was to really dive into commercial real estate, that a lot of the activity and momentum and deal flow and economic development filtered through the commercial real estate community in that market. So I dove headfirst into commercial real estate. I would encourage, and what I do on my team with new staff people is obviously there's a lot of facets of economic development we need to know. We need to know a lot of different things. But to the extent that we can kind of focus or hone our attention and become that expert in the room that those business leaders can turn to, or on a project when you're helping a company, you need to know the ins and outs of a particular deal. Having some measure of expertise, I think, will make uh, economic developers well-served. Well, Andrew, as we wind down, is there anything you want to share with our listeners I might not have asked you? No, I can't think of anything. I will say I've enjoyed the podcast myself as a, what I say, 
first time caller, long time listener. I've really enjoyed <laughs> listening to it as I think I drive into work and gleaned a lot from colleagues around the country. So kudos to your team for doing this and keeping it going. And hopefully there's a comment or two or thought here that uh, will be helpful to others. Yeah. And give these folks y'all's website and people, I'm telling you, if you hadn't been to Wichita, you will enjoy it. So Andrew, tell them where to look you up. Yeah. So you can find more information on our organization at greaterwichitapartnership.org. And then we have a talent-focused website that has more kind of the quality of life and a little more storytelling to it called choosewichita.com, which I think folks might find interesting. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you.